I'm Shelby Olaschlager. This is Weekend Hustle, and we are Barrel Racers. Join us on our journey to personal growth for us and our horses. Together, we can hustle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. Today, I sat down with an Ontario Barrel Racer, also someone who's interested in yoga, which I absolutely love because I enjoy yoga very much, and I think my horses feel the benefit that I do on my mat as well as me in my day-to-day life. Please give it a listen. If you liked it, I'd love to hear from you. Hit subscribe, do all that good stuff. But for now, enjoy the episode. Today on this show, we have an exciting guest who is an advanced yogi, an advanced barrel racer, and I was really excited to get down and talk to her and just pick her brain a little bit about her yoga and barrel racing experience. So Betsy, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Shelby. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you (laughs) agreed to do this because this is something that I am so big about and I just think like our own personal fitness applies so much and it just helps us so much with our horses. So do you have anything like for people that don't know who you are, can you just give a bit of an introduction and a bit of your journey that has taken you to where you are now? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. As Shelby said, my name is Betsy McFarland. So um, my journey to get to yoga, so I am a, a paramedic, is my primary um, role in life. And then I started playing rugby actually in high school. And that's where I first learned how to weight train. So I started learning the basis of weight training and compound movements and those types of things. So when I was a paramedic, that was just kind of natural to continue weight training and circuit training. But then I started to find that I was getting really, really sore and I actually did a fitness competition. And once I really leaned down, it was quite obvious I had some significant muscle imbalance. And then that led me, um, one of my best friends who I worked with, she did yoga. So I went to a, a hot yoga class with her and that's when I really discovered yoga. So that was back, I would say 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. In Ottawa, there's a few different um, studios. So the one studio I joined, they had three different locations. So you could do different types of yoga. And then when I started riding really competitively again, I saw that it really changed the way that I rode, um, the body control I had, the ability to identify imbalances in myself Mm -hmm. and how I was sitting in the saddle for example. Um, And then especially with work, I started to become aware that I was having some chronic shoulder pain. And a lot of that was from the the positions I was in on a regular basis, how they weren't balanced. So yoga really fundamentally, I started practicing in a studio. And then with the weight training background, the paramedic background, it just all makes sense how it can be so beneficial to riding. And it's not as hard, hard on the body as some weight training can be. Exactly. And I like the balance of if you're doing weight training and then yoga, it kind of counters the effects of it and getting like the nice balance. And that's the one thing with yoga is it is it's such a balance. And the things that it helps you with is like the mental balance, the literal balance. And for riding, it's such a huge thing. And I find, you know, if people are sore and stuff and just being more body aware, where yes. it's like what you do on the mat, I think completely translates over into Absolutely. your riding. So what were some of the biggest things that you really noticed that helped you from doing yoga to your riding? So for sure with, um, well, in yoga and the foundation of yoga practice is balance, like we've talked about. So when I started doing postures to the left and postures to the right, I started to notice that my balance wasn't as good to the left. My coordination wasn't to the left. I was much tighter. Um, I was more resistant, I would say, to some posture. So for sure, definitely the body awareness. And I'm definitely classically like somewhat of a 
clumsy person and my spatial awareness of where I am in space, where my body parts are in space, I always struggled with that. So when I started doing yoga, I started to be able to, I would say, micromanage myself mm-hmm. more aware. So like I could set certain body parts to certain places, then I wouldn't have to think about them anymore. And I find with riding, that's what we're doing constantly. We're constantly adjusting our body and adjusting mm-hmm. her body and you need to be able to focus on multiple parts of your body at once. And I definitely found that yoga was the perfect platform mm-hmm. to identify that. Um, more recently doing, I've changed and started, well, I do multiple styles, but a style called Bikram Yoga, um, it really focuses on, and they say it all the time, finding ease in the effort. So I started doing Bikram. I started noticing that I was actually trying like too hard to get into some of these postures. And I was actually limiting my mobility because I was trying so hard. And then I started to realize that if I relaxed, slowed down and didn't rush, I could still be just as strong, but not have that little bit of tension. And then I started realizing the best barrel racers, it looked like they're not doing anything. So they find ease in the effort. So I started realizing and I pay attention. I would get, I'd start to clench my jaw. And if my jaw got tight, the rest of my body did. And that's very telling with horses as well. You'll see a horse, I have to really pay attention to like their bottom lip and their jaw. And when they're tense, they start to suck it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I started to recognize that. And even in myself, I start to notice if I start to get tense or I start clenching my teeth, I need to take a breath. I need to slow down. I need to find ease in the effort. But that's been another huge part as well as patience. So yeah. I would notice that I'd get in a posture and I'd be like, this really hurts. I really want to get out of it. And I would, something, you know, you want to quit or it just gets very tense and you mm-hmm. lose and I started realizing that I would just acknowledge it, breathe through it, stay in it. And then usually I'd find, you know, maybe even a little bit more depth, a little bit more strength. And, but I was patient enough to be there. And that is also crossed over into the barrel racing world because sometimes we want the result. We want the release. We want, we want it, we want it, we want it. But sometimes you just start patient with the horse then find it. You got to, got to, you know, give the time for them to find the right answer. And I've noticed I've become so much more patient and calm and definitely present. A lot of people talk about yogis are so present, but for sure, when you're on the mat and you're practicing, it's actually really difficult for your mind to wander because you might fall over, you might lose your balance. So it's a practice as well to learn how to be present and not be, you know, tuning out or zoning out. Like sometimes we might do when we're riding. Exactly. That's so true. And exactly. Like it's kind of forcing us to be present, even if it's forcing you. Yeah. uh And that's the thing, or it's kind of like a type of meditation, but it's very easy because you're not just sitting there and trying to like get great power and stuff, but you're just it's forcing you to get the brain control that you need that will help you when you do ride and help you yes, just with everyday exactly. life. Like just the exactly. whole things of like, you're like, and that's kind of what I love about yoga is just the connection of the body and mind. And it's not two separate things. They no. work hand in hand. And one yeah. thing you said that I relate with is just like the uh, clenching of the jaw. And mm-hmm. I remember someone said, I think it was Joy Wargo. She just said how horses mimic us as far as us, mm-hmm. like picking our shoulder up or us sitting our hip in. Yeah, and hips. even like, yeah. if we clench our jaw, I'm sure the horse, like, I'm sure they're going to they feel, feel that. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're going to absolutely. Know. And just being more, I guess, aware and also just kind of like actually have being more intentional about your moves will help exactly. as well. So yes. if you're to, if you're to give advice to someone that 
like they're complaining about being sore and they just hurt and ache, but they're not sure where to get started. What would you Mm -hmm. recommend for someone that wanted to maybe take that first yoga class or just kind of like ease into it at their own pace? Mm -hmm. Like what would you say for the beginners? So if you're looking to start, um, there are lots of free yoga videos um, on YouTube. There's a few different yoga teachers and they have different series, but going to um, a true studio so obviously we can't do that with covid but many studios that film with their really really high quality teachers who are used to teaching beginners or used to teaching people who are new and I find they're just super super thorough so if you're going to start a lot of the studios offer like you know my studio personally is namaste north here in barry and they um now have an online platform but if you want to try it for seven days it's free mm-hmm up try as many different classes as you want for seven days and then commit um my old studio in ottawa is pure yoga and they also have an app they have again tons of different classes so yes you can absolutely if you know you don't want to commit you don't want to spend any money just go on youtube there's um i believe it's yoga by adrienne mm-hmm. or that line she does like 30 day challenges and there's also different variations um if you can look up different postures so i'm actually doing a yoga series for the canadian quarter horse association and my next video is funny actually this topic is what do you need to before you even start yoga and one of the things is it is beneficial to buy a mat you can get mats basically anywhere. Obviously, Lululemon makes really high quality mats. They are in the range of fifty to seventy dollars. I've had my mat though the entire time. I have the same mat that I bought seven years ago. So if you do the math over the year, it's totally <laughs> worth it. Because some of the mats, they're they actually they're made from lesser quality plastics and rubbers, and some of them have a really bad smell to them. Okay. That's what I noticed with kind of the lower mats. But I found winners actually. You can get like that average. 30 to $50 mat, because if you, if you don't have a good mat, sometimes you'll find that your feet are sliding or mm-hmm. the mats too much. And it, it just, you would definitely recommend the investment yeah. and then finding a good, a good source and maybe even Googling a few of the common postures before you actually try and attempt a class. I know that was one of the things that I was like, wait, what is this? And you, you know, <laughs> around and you're trying to figure out what it is so mm-hmm. it, things like you know most common yoga postures the child's pose the downward dog and a few tips on how to actually do them properly exactly. it, I wish I would have known before I tried my first yoga class because it would have been a lot more beneficial and then definitely make sure you have some water <laughs> hydrated uh can't emphasize it enough in yoga you're really going to be mobilizing your fascia And if you don't know what fascia is, I strongly recommend Googling it. Our horses have it. We have it. And what yoga does is it encourages you to learn how to breathe into tight places and you start mobilizing that fascia, but to keep it mobile, it needs to be hydrated. Mm -hmm. Drinking uh, a lot of water. Like this is my, my Mason jar that I carry Mm -hmm. with every day. It's a liter. Um, I also put, I put pink Himalayan salt. I don't know if you can see it's a bit cloudy. Yeah. I put pink Himalayan salt right in it because yeah, with the horses and being outside, we sweat so much and with your workouts and personally it's delicious. You add a little bit of lemon or lime. So Mm -hmm. being hydrated, doing a research before you start or starting with a beginner class and having, having a a decent quality mat to get started. And most importantly, an open mind. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yes, definitely. It's going to, yoga is going to bring up and basically I say, make you look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. So 
it's going to bring up a lot of emotions potentially, especially if you're doing hip openers. So when you stretch your hips, I've done a few hip opening classes and you walk out and you're like, I feel like I just need to cry. But <laughs> what what's happening is you've been holding a lot of tension and emotion in some of your muscles and holding that tension and mm. when you release it. Sometimes a lot of weird emotions come up and you're going to be in positions where you're actually uh, physiologically vulnerable, mm-hmm. like back bending, you're opening, they say opening your heart center. That's vulnerable as, you know, mm-hmm. a potential predator prey animal. We are, it's vulnerable. So you're going to be put in positions where you're challenged to be aware. Are, are you, are you anxious? Are you impatient? Mm-hmm. Um, are you telling yourself you can't do it instead? Can you just you know, don't judge yourself. Be this is where I am today. I'm going to breathe into it. I'll be that much stronger or more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The next day. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely a good point. Just accepting yourself. And that's one thing I always hear. It's like where you are. one side's going to be different than the other. Like don't judge, always. don't try to hit a standard. It's, and that's what my favorite thing about yoga is, is I find mm-hmm. like in a competition sense, your, your brain is wired for the competition. Then when you go to yes. the yoga mat, you go to a completely different place where there is no judgment. There is no, no. what there's no winning. There's no nothing. It's no. just you and, yourself you and yourself and you figuring yourself out. And yeah, for my own journey, like that was the biggest thing, like what you said with the whole like fascia, you breathe into that uncomfort yes. and yes. that's where like the magic happens. Like that's where like you Absolutely. really get the benefits. And if you just give yourself that 10, 15 minutes a day and do a little mm-hmm. bit here, like it, you're going to mm-hmm. get so much benefits that your horse will thank you for. So the one thing you did say is that you're partnering up with AQHA. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Like how that got started and what people can expect from yes. you? Yes. Yes. So um, actually this goes back to um, when I showed Quarter Horse, um, my youth advisor. So I was a part of one of the NIAT teams when I went to Ohio the first time. And um, Lori Houghton was my youth advisor. So she has become the media committee director for the Canadian Quarter Horse Association. So she reached out to me about brainstorming some different um, content, different video series. And I said, absolutely. Um, I could talk on and on about yoga. We're also going to do a concussion awareness uh, video series. So right now, yes, I have been doing a series about yoga a lot of the things we covered today, the different things that I wish I would have known before I started, some of the benefits that a lot of people aren't aware of. People probably think of yoga and think, oh, it's stretching. And I'm like, there's so much more to it, especially for horseback riders. So Mm -hmm. currently in the middle of doing um, the yoga series. And then next, yes, there's been a new law brought into um, practice here in Ontario about concussions and um, being with the OBRA safety director, I'm currently working on the removal and return to sport protocols. Um, Rowan's law as a competitive organization, we need to have some mm-hmm. policy place to protect people um, who have potentially suffered concussions. So um, I've personally had three symptomatic concussions, luckily none of them from horseback riding. Um, but as, as you know, a sufferer and now as an advocate, um, I want to educate people on some of the signs and symptoms and some of these new policies that you should be seeing basically across the board for all different mm-hmm. organizations. That's amazing. Good for you. Like that. I'm very excited so, about it. Yeah. Yes, when, thank when you. is that planning on launching? Is um, so yeah. So Rowan's law is um, it's actually still currently in practice that anyone who is under the age of 26 in Ontario or any parent of anyone under the age of 18 has to review the concussion uh, awareness resources on the government of Ontario website. So it's basically just how to recognize signs of concussion. Mm-hmm. Like with mine personally, I was so concussed that I didn't realize I was concussed. 
And often the symptoms aren't really obvious until two, three hours, sometimes even days later. Wow. The part of that, uh, that law is to just bring people's awareness to it. And that mm-hmm. if it's recognized, a second serious hit in a short period of time can cause death. And that is what happened to um, Rowan. She was a rugby player and got hit and then got hit again. And she died on a field in Ottawa. So that's where this law came from. Um, so currently right now we've got to review resources. And then as of July 1st, any organization who has organized sport has to have a removal and return to sport protocol. So what that basically is going to look like right now is that we'll have some designated individuals. So if someone has a fall in the arena or is reported to, you know, maybe fallen outside, if someone's fallen, we need to, uh, assess them for symptoms and, Mm -hmm remove them from sport if it's suspected they have uh, have a concussion and it's everyone because like I said I've been there I was so concussed that I could so I did and it ended up making me really really sick and that danger of concussions it's mm-hmm. yeah. in some and cases if, that you're as sick as you are yeah mm-hmm. and if you had someone in that position that could kind of screen you to see if you were concussed or not exactly. it would have changed a lot of things exactly so this is well known in hockey mm-hmm. uh, in, I think soccer, a lot of the recognize or recreational organized sports teams, they've had trainers and have been doing concussion assessments, but in the horse world, it hasn't really been a thing. Like we, we obviously, we go in, we assess and then they go to the hospital or they do, but there's no real follow-up or, mm-hmm. um, you know, procedure to make sure they're safe. So that's right. what, uh, that's what the law is going to do. And soon that'll be, be posted and I'll be happy to talk more about it and answer any questions anyone has about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. That's actually yeah, one of that kind of switches over to one of the other things I want to talk about was about yes. injury prevention and yes, obviously a helmet for concussions. Yes. For as far as yoga goes, what are things like if someone were injured or they're trying to like, how can it actually help prevent that injury? Cause I, like I've heard and seen people say like, I pulled my hamstring and this happened and mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. myself in areas where I'm doing a stretch and I'm like, whoa, like that is so Super close tight. from getting strained or pulled. Like if it gets yes. tweaked at all. So what's your experience or what would you say for people? Like if they're trying to prevent or help an injury. So why yoga is, is so effective at yes, preventing. So not only does, again, it raises your awareness to different areas in your body that are maybe tight and unbalanced. It also helps strengthen all of, I want to call them like your little, your little stabilizer muscles. Mm. Often what happens when we're weight training or we're doing compound movements. So let's say like a, a squat is a compound movement. You're moving both legs at the same time. If you're doing, you know, a shoulder press with a bar, it's a compound movement. So other big muscle groups can kind of take over and muscle through where when you're practicing yoga, you're put into positions where all your little stabilizer muscles have to come active and you have to be aware of them and they help build up your stabilization strength. So mm-hmm where I find yoga would probably be very beneficial for preventing injury management and helping recover from because it really isolates your body and and I don't want to say force but you know encourages you into positions where you have to activate muscles you won't necessarily be using in everyday life Um, and then when you have more muscle activation you have more stability therefore you're less likely to get injured. Exactly. Yeah. And I find like just with, with the compound movements, it's like, there's almost the same for barrel racing where there are mm-hmm. very specific muscles that we really need to 
like if we're going to try and actually level up or get better results and stuff, those are the things Mm -hmm. like those little things that those little muscles, those little moves, little changes that will make a really big difference for us. um, So you have a bit of experience as well. Um, Like you see an osteopath. Can you tell us a bit about how that translates and how it has affected you and your horses? Yes. So my osteopath is uh, currently Kate Armstrong, who works here in Barrie. Um, she does also, she teaches for the Osteo School in Hamilton. I can't remember exactly what mm-hmm. its name is. She is, uh, she's an educator as well, a professor. Um, so I discovered osteopathy because of my concussion. So mm-hmm. I got to the point where I had had my third concussion, my symptoms had plateaued, and I was told by Amanda Garrett, fellow barrel racer, who very similar experience, had injury, ended up becoming an osteo. She's like, you need to go see one, you need to go see one. So I finally went to see one after I'd actually exertionally pushed myself back into housebound syndrome. So I was so sick, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house. I had sensitivity, light sensitivity. I was very, very sick. And I went to see an osteopath. And he was the first one to actually recognize that I had been in a car accident and I had a seatbelt injury in my chest. And this is when from 2015, we're now talking two and a half, almost three years later, end of 2017. So he recognized that I had this major restriction in my chest that was affecting my heart and lung function. And then he also identified a compression in my skull and a compression in my neck. So basically he said, you're not fully healing because your body is so restricted that you don't have adequate oxygenation, blood flow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, what? You like I'm moving around. I know I'm not functioning well, but I didn't even understand what fascia was. Mm-hmm. Basically what he identified was the fascia. It's this invisible, almost like saran lap wrap looking layer of tissue it wraps and connects from your head to your toes and everywhere in between and he said basically it gets stuck when we have traumas so he said your seatbelt injury basically when that stopped you it created this hole that then was restricting all of your bones all of your muscles and then in in turn your organs so when he treated me I went from housebound to a Christmas party four days later So I was just blown away because I was like, I've been sick for like almost a year at this point. And then I just was cured. But I'm like, it makes sense though, because now my body was able to heal itself. Mm -hmm. I've been dedicated, like very dedicated to keeping up with my osteo appointments because the other thing that was identified was my rotated pelvis. Mm. So I, I don't know if anyone's experienced maybe a horse having their pelvis out. Um, rider, we're mirrors. So if we're off, the best way it's been described is let's say, you know, your pelvis is twisted, you're sitting heavier in one stirrup. Think about like a wheelbarrow that has only rocks on one side, how you'd have to lean the opposite way to try and keep it balanced. That's what our horses sometimes end up doing. Mm-hmm. So if we're really off, then the horse is actually really off and we can mirror and put our, our, dis- or our imbalances into the horse. Mm-hmm. So, started um having Kate she was a large animal veterinarian ran her own uh, practice for about 20 years so it was natural that of course please come work with my horses and she was amazing because she was able to identify different restrictions and she basically says that the horses are almost like three times more um sensitive but also then will have that much more drastic of a release than a human um so she I use her to keep my horses balanced and it's just incredible. I have a few videos on my, on my YouTube. Um, for example, a training horse came and she was really, really struggling to load her right hind. And so Kate come and Kate basically showed me that her fascia was so tight. It was like strangling her leg. She couldn't, couldn't even move on her leg. 
So she's like, no wonder she can't bend it. Like the whole thing so tight. So once she was like literally three minutes and then the horse is walking and its leg was moving. So I could go on and on with examples about how she's helped horses, but it's really neat when they can balance the rider, balance the horse, and then you both know you're moving forward totally set up for success. Exactly. I love that. Just the idea of kind of like our horses, they're countering us. So when yes, we're exactly. doing one thing, they're trying to help. And that's for me, the biggest breakthrough I've had with this whole experience is mm-hmm. how I'm affecting my horse. Like one of my horses Absolutely. is super small and she feels body weight quick. Like yes. she's really soft with body weight, not really soft with her mouth, but the body thing, like she is quick. Like if mm-hmm. I'm even doing a run and I, tilt my hips this direction to go that way she's gonna do it no matter what she's going. and I yeah. was just like wow like it's so crazy how much we actually affect our horses absolutely just having that understanding of like the whole mindfulness like what are we doing like how is oh completely like, like it's coming back to us always and I think that's always the biggest thing to always know as well as no matter what like our horses do something like who's the one on their back who's the one kind of absolutely and like kind of checking yourself like with yoga or seeing osteopath getting back in line and then your horse is gonna be like wow I don't have to counter what they're telling me or what their body's like yeah yeah like for me one of the biggest things was yeah once I realized like I was sitting really heavy on my right hip and I think some of that came back from driving so Mm -hmm. driving ambulance I'm always pushing with that right gas pedal yeah riding with a dressage coach one day like we're just right in the same ring and I was like just doesn't lope well to the right like what is going on and she's like you're heavy on your right hip therefore you're blocking that space for his inside to come through and I was just like like wow that makes so much sense like so then sure enough I just moved my pelvis out of the way and off he went and I was like oh like Uh totally my fault and the same thing like you're saying with the sensitivity a lot of people are unaware that a lot of horses if you're sitting on their back and telling them to go forward, sometimes they're like, I, I can't. So even just moving your torso, like one inch forward, all of a sudden you have a free horse mm-hmm. and it, it all comes down to, can you even just, you know, check in and be aware of mm-hmm. where you are in space? You know, are you balanced between your pubic bone and your seat bones? Or are you, you know, more your seat bones and your pubic bone? And like, it's so subtle, but the horses can feel all of that. Mm-hmm. it is crazy and it's like I'd say it's a good and bad thing like it's a bad thing because mm-hmm. people don't really understand how much we affect them but it's a good thing because we can change us absolutely at, I completely like, agree like we can actually change we can go see help we know where we're off and how we can fix yes. ourselves where horses yeah. obviously they can't really communicate their issues as well as well so yeah. at least we can do for us and our horses yes. to just you know get started take a look see where maybe you would like to change some things and go from there mm-hmm. yeah something I'll tell everyone like one thing for me I know I need to be treated when I feel like I, my saddle is not straight so if you've ever experienced that or if you think that you have two different length legs that's not confirmed until you've had x-rays so if you always find like you're always shifting your saddle left or right or you know you just can't see the middle of your saddle it might be that your pelvis is twisted like mine will sometimes go to the point where my left butt cheek like will not touch the saddle that's how tight I can get so imagine like oh god what am I doing to my horse so one check-in I know for myself so if you're if you're listening and you've experienced that I would highly recommend going to get assessed by someone Mm -hmm, exactly and then for even like I remember reading or just some stuff like 
ways to test that or if you ride with only one stirrup because if you're body aware I'll sometimes feel I'm like I'm awkward one direction than the other so when I'm going the awkward direction like what are my feet doing what are my legs doing how am I not doing it the same as that direction as this direction and I find like oh I'm putting more weight on my outside stirrup so of course my horse is kind of crowding in my turns so then I'll literally I'll like try and take my foot out or just not be as obvious I'll just kind of lift my foot out of the stirrup a little and just yeah and then you automatically center yeah awesome yeah Yeah. really insightful Mm -hmm. and just little things like that like it doesn't take oh absolutely it doesn't take buying all the equipment or buying anything or going for an appointment just kind of I guess like reevaluating yourself and I find like why I wanted to talk to you is I think yoga is such a good outlet and it's like absolutely it's pretty much free guys like you just get a mat yeah you can YouTube video (laughs) totally and like I use it like I remember one time I was actually, I I got to the point, I was so nervous. I think it was Canada Day 2018. And I was, my horse was really just, he was coming back. We got big pole runs. And I was like, I literally went and did downward dog behind my horse trailer. (laughs) People were probably like, what is she doing? But I had gotten to the point where I couldn't control my breath. Mm -hmm. And if I just went to that posture, my brain Mm -hmm. is trying my breath in that place and then I was able to get really calm and I made amazing runs and ended up winning the average and I'm like I wouldn't have had the ability to do that if I didn't have yoga Mm -hmm. and just wanted to add just because you brought up being aware of your other sides the other thing I've been doing lately and again I got this from yoga is trying to do as much with my left hand as I do right so I'm sure you've probably by the sounds of it you started doing this too so in, in Bikram class, we, we always cross our hands. And so the one day the teacher said, well, can you take your, your, uh, opposite grip or your, your, your uncomfortable grip? And I was like, I could, like, I couldn't, almost couldn't do it. And I was I'm like, doing it right now, I'm like, that does feel weird. Right. It feels really weird. So this was probably six months or so ago. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this all the time. So mm-hmm. I spend like every class I actually try to do with my left is what I've been reminding myself because I'm right-handed. Mm-hmm. how does it make sense that I'm going to ride as well to the right with my left hand on the outside as I am my right. And, and then I got thinking about it. I'm like, a lot of my horses look way better to the left than they do to the right. Mm-hmm. With everything I do throughout the day, I try and with my left, I try and put my left hand on first, my boot on first. I even have gotten to the point where I'm trying to brush my teeth. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I want to do something hard and yeah. like, kind of throw a ball with my left hand. But I realized, and like we ask our horses to be balanced yeah. we spend time with them left and right left and right left and right trying to balance them but then I went you know again reflective am I doing that am mm-hmm. showing up for the horse is the most balanced rider I could be yeah so I've really started to work on my dexterity and honestly it's made a huge difference like COVID I can't get my nails done I don't know who else can really <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone right so I was like okay well I'm gonna paint my nails but I'm sure you try, you paint with your good hand, you try and paint with your bad hands, an utter disaster. Yeah. I'm actually able to paint my nails with my left hand. And I was like, oh my God, it's actually working. That's I'm amazing. becoming more ambidextrous. So yeah. that's just a little thing. I know it's personally like what I've been trying to do. So I'm sure everyone like, just try it. Try even writing with your left hand, try eating with your left hand, try, or you're right if you're left-handed. But the more that you work on that dexterity, because now I can just cross my hands or cross your arms, try mm-hmm. crossing your arms the opposite way. That's also, it is awkward, (laughs) super awkward. So it kind of, again, gives you another awareness too. if a horse has a good way. And I feel like I'm not as, I'm not as judgmental or I'm not as like, if they're not as strong one way, because I'm like, 
well, they literally just need more time to get better that way or to get better at that task. Because I just remember trying to cross Mm -hmm. my opposite way, like some days I I can't even do it. So (laughs) something to, again, yoga, these things that you would have never expected from it Mm -hmm. has totally changed, changed my riding. I can't say enough about it. Yeah, totally agree. I, cause I used to feel super super awkward one way than the other. Like it was completely like, I knew exactly this is my bad way. This is my good way. And so Mm -hmm. I did the same thing about probably, I guess it'd be almost two years ago. Like when I was interning and I had to clean a billion stalls, I was like, Oh, I started switching. So I'd be like, clean one stall this way, one stall with my left hand forward, like farther down the pitchfork and I'd go back and forth. And now I don't even know which way is like my normal, like proper, old school way I just go back and forth and I yeah. found with that because it was it was more not for like my mental like doing it, it was more for like my body so I'm like you're always twisting and bending one way so I'm like I'm gonna go yes. ways. and like the other way same thing yeah. like it's always like oh I always take my right step forward I'm gonna take my left or I actually I'm sure people some people ask like why do you get on your horse that way but like I'll get on with my oh, other foot. the opposite side I do it all the time same. Yeah. or I'll get off that side on that side like I don't know I just mix it up but like if you're riding like a ton of horses and you're always doing like a step up on that one leg like you're getting unbalanced without even absolutely right so yeah yeah it's also a safety thing like my mom always taught me that if you're ever in a situation you need to be able to get on and off your horse from the other side and I try and handle horses and I've even actually used um cinching them up from the opposite side for some horses that are cinchy or Mm. They had ulcers in the past, but now it's just behavioral. I'll actually switch the rigging on the saddle too and do them up from the other side. Sometimes it's like a total game changer because they're very divided. Like us, they've got their opposite hemispheres. So you start doing things on the other side. They don't have the same built-in triggered response and you have a lot of progress too. So it applies to, yeah, people, horses, everything. I think it's something that I've never really heard. Like you're the only other person I've really talked to that was was doing that type of thing in in this sport so far. Yeah. Uh And I think that's why, yeah. Like, and it, that's what I mean. Like, it's such a game changer. Why are people doing it? Like, why is this Mm -hmm. not a common knowledge thing yet of just, and I think it was just haven't like, I I tell my students, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't put any videos out or I think it's maybe just one of those things, right. That maybe people think about, but they never thought to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, yeah. So I've heard store, like someone would tell me a story about them pulling their hamstring when they were in a run and I'm like, if you mm-hmm. stretched it, you probably would have totally avoided having months mm-hmm. of recovery off and not being able to yeah. ride. And could you imagine if you knew, oh, if I only did like two or three days of yoga a week that or Oops. stretched before your run and actually yeah. applied that and did it properly, then how it would have mm-hmm. helped you in the long run. And yeah. like, it's right at your fingertips. Like it's, it's funny, everyone, like everything's yeah. available online. So yeah, absolutely. And that's, we all know like a warm up is super important before you'd exercise. I, I think to us as, us as horseback riders, we don't always view riding as like exercise, but we all know when you start and maybe you've had a little bit of time off, it's a lot of freaking work. Yeah. It's something that we all need to to be aware of. And the more that you activate, so even just doing, like you said, a simple stretch, a simple yoga flow before you get on your horse, you've also oxygenated, mobilized, um, especially if we sit all the time, right? Like you start to get tight. So if you just take those five, 10 minutes, mobilize before you ride, you're going to have a completely different body awareness as well. 
Yeah. Especially like sitting all the time. I feel that to my core. Like when I had my old job, I sat all the time, super tight hamstrings. And then I get on my horse and it's like, what do I expect is going to happen? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and after I started being like it, once it becomes like, if you do it and you're new and you're starting start, give yourself two weeks of like, just figuring it out, no pressure, Mm -hmm. no judgment. And then Mm -hmm. once it becomes a bit more of a habit and you're more aware, like to me, I feel, how can I not stretch? Like people that don't do them, like, how do you even get by? Like, I feel like I'm at that. Oh, I agree. Like I'm at that point where it's like, if I sit all day and I don't stretch before bed or I don't do something in the morning, I'm like, I can't function properly. I feel, and I'm like, how do people not do it? Like, how do they yeah. even? Like, I just can't. Like, it feels terrible for me. So, yeah, if you get I to that point where it feels bad not doing it, you're doing something right. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think uh, another tip to give people is don't don't over don't think too much about the workout itself either. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's some days where yeah, like before COVID, like I get up at five thirty and I go to the studio, and yeah, do I want to get out of bed and go do an hour of hot sweaty yoga? Like, not always. Mm-hmm. Tell myself is just get up and put your clothes on. Mm-hmm. Like up and I put my yoga clothes on. It's like I've started that wheel of motion to get me to mm-hmm. class. And I basically convince myself that I just have to show up mm-hmm. and what happens happens. But if I'm if I just show up and lie on the mat, I still showed up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think people get they get a little bit caught up in like how much work it's gonna be or and you kind of might talk yourself out of it. So instead I just commit to putting on my clothes and showing up at the studio and what happens happens and usually what happens is to have a fantastic workout and I never it. but overthink getting there yes you're at home just put your clothes on and unroll your mat and pick a video that's that's what you have to do you don't have to do anything else but if you do you're likely again to set yourself up for success and actually follow along with the video so exactly set yourself up for success and you yeah. just don't even think about it don't question it put your pant like put your clothes on put your clothes on video, and up. then and then be like okay what are we doing but you're just like mm-hmm. you're you have all the elements you need for a good workout and yeah. to give yourself a bit of self-love like how I view Absolutely. it like this is my chance my one little time in the day that I'm gonna take it for myself and like treat myself to a nice yoga flow and just do something and I know like Absolutely. it's for myself it's benefiting me so why the heck aren't I gonna do it mm-hmm. you know absolutely so, yeah so do yeah. something and then the rest of your day yeah because yeah. that's that's really what it is like you said already it is like a meditation mm-hmm. but you have to sit and try and quiet your mind you have to sit and just follow the steps mm-hmm. and everyone like every most successful person we follow a lot of the same people I know all of these super super successful business people they they meditate mm-hmm. they get control of their mind every day. And that's how they start their day. And then by doing that, the rest of your day, you kind of set the tone and you're in a place where you're more calm, you're more present, you're more focused. And then the rest of your day is going to go that much better. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's so true. This is like my favorite conversation because I feel like I could literally go on and on about Oh, like, totally. Me too. Yeah, like it's just so good yeah. for you. Like exactly. And like, yeah, all those all those successful people, successful athletes, business people, they're doing things. And that's where I think this has come from for me. It's like they're doing things that maybe the average person isn't or people that mm-hmm. want to get there but aren't there and they feel stuck. They're not taking mm-hmm. that step. They're not taking the initiative to try and give themselves that advantage to be better or to make yes. So for the riders out there that feel like they're frustrated with their horses or they're just frustrated with life and their results and whatever, Mm -hmm. what can they do? What can you do to try and actually give yourself 
that, you know, you, what you said is, you know, you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's how I live. And Mm -hmm. think about it is how do I, my body, my mind and my life as efficiently as possible. Uh And the more hydrated I am, the more nourished I am, the calmer I am, the more focused Mm -hmm. I am. And it's all these little things. And again, you look at it, like, do you look at it, like you said, as Mm self-love or that is something you have to do. Mm-hmm. My favorite quotes is, do you have to, or do you get to? And if you really look at that and you, and you just reframe it and you go, Oh, I have to go ride three horses today. Reframe that to, I get to go ride three horses today. And immediately your brain goes, wow, how grateful am I mm-hmm. that three horses to ride when there's people out there that don't, you know, would never have a horse or even have, you know, in some cases a roof over their head. And we're so privileged. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. And how you reframe that, it, it totally sets yourself up for success. And, and that's why, you know, I, I take time out on Sunday and I do meal prep and I, I make a point of making my water, but what you'll slowly notice is that you, you do something, it's a habit, right? Like I couldn't imagine leaving the house without my water now. I couldn't imagine leaving without a snack. I couldn't imagine, you know, going more than three days without doing yoga. Like I just, mm-hmm. it just becomes who you are. And then one habit sets you up to have more energy and have more success. And they just start to snowball. It totally does. Think about it. Like, it's just, it's just how you live your life. And if you want to think about it, it's like a standard, right? Like, where are you setting your standards Mm -hmm. and spend your time? Mm -hmm. I don't have time to do yoga or do this or do that. But if you look at your week as a whole, could you, could you find time? Could you schedule time? Like instead of, staying up till 11 watching, you know, Netflix instead, can you go to bed at 10 and wake up at six and have an hour to mm-hmm. do yoga or read a book or meditate or do something like, can you just rearrange those 24 hours, you know, take from here and give to there. Exactly. And then will give you time. Cause I know like us for horseback riders, a lot of us don't get home till nine o'clock, 10 o'clock and it's that we eat, we go to bed. And then my self care is before I have to start working in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's the only place I can really fit it in, but it took a lot of reflection you know, and maybe trying to work out, you're not going to work out when you get home from the barn. I don't know. <laughs> no. Bless your soul for having that energy. But for me personally, like I got to get it in first thing in the morning or it's not happening. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And it's like what you said for me, I think the same, the exact same thing, how I word it. Like, I love the thing you change one word. It's not, I have to, I get to, and I it just to. changes yeah. the whole, changes your whole sentence. It changes your outlook on it all. And more people need to say that they get to do stuff, not have they to. get to do stuff, yeah. yeah. Like, we all get to walk in some right. way. Right? Like, we all get crazy. to choose our food. Like, like what a blessing. Just, yeah, oh, totally, right? And it's, and that's where I'm like, I'm so aware, again, yoga, you're so aware to the words and how you talk to yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm totally guilty of this. So I negotiate with myself a lot. Uh, I negotiate or I make uh, compromises, mm-hmm. but you do what you have to do to still be successful. And like I said, I compromise with myself a lot of time and say, I just need to show up on the mat. As long as I'll I'll have whatever workout I have, but then what happens, I usually have a really great workout just because I showed up. So do, you know, the way you need to speak to yourself, the way Mm -hmm. you frame it to yourself, Mm -hmm. but it's very, very powerful. And you'll start to think differently too. I'm sure you've noticed this. Mm -hmm. Do you yourself like for a long time, I would talk negatively and I'd have to catch myself, but I'm starting to shift where I seem more positive than negative, or I talk myself more positively than negative. It's, For sure. Yeah. 
it's super, super powerful. And with riding, like for me, I had some personal problems and I talked to someone recently about that, that I'm going to release soon, but it's all about you personally and how where you're mm-hmm. sitting at your life and how it affects your mm-hmm. riding and just how mm-hmm. riding is such much, like it's so much of your life game. And if you're not somewhere in a good place in life or a good place mentally, how you ride and how you compete is going to be affected no matter what. And that's probably why I really love barrel racing is because there's no, like you're never done. There's always the next level. There's always another thing. Yeah. So it's always, and it is such, it's a challenge for us as people to perfect it and to get really good. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I always think back to what you're saying, my words I say to myself while I do everything is this, there's two things in life. It's either helping you or it's not helping you. So for me, mm-hmm. I'm, everything I do, everything I eat or drink, I'm like, is this benefiting me or isn't yeah. it? And yeah. I don't drink a lot. I don't eat fast food hardly ever. And I always think I'm like, if I eat that burger, it's not really helping me get where I want to go. It's doing no. the opposite. It's a set. It's like a momentary. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. it tastes delicious, but then how much is it actually going to cost you? Or then you're going to, mm-hmm. for energy, are you going to, mm-hmm you know like crap is your energy going to crash if for mm-hmm. six hours after so is that moment worth it I completely not agree. never worth it really <laughs> maybe once and then I'm like total regrets and total regrets yeah yeah but yeah I always yeah. just say is it helping or isn't it and with yoga it's mm-hmm. like if I sat and watched Netflix is this helping me no yeah there's other things that will help yeah. me other things that will help me improve and then improve yeah. the arena so yeah that's a really really great Great check-in, Shelby. Like yeah. really good. Before you make any decision or want to do anything in your day. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Well, this was so awesome. Like I said, yeah, I so glad like, we did this. I feel like we could talk about this for a decade. Oh, all day. <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. Soon, soon from six feet away. Yeah, I know, right? Great. I know. Well, I'm really excited for you. I'm excited for your yoga adventure with the AQHA and wish and I hope that goes well for you yeah thank you um so if anyone wants to find that yeah Yeah, it's just it's been great to share Mm -hmm. yeah if uh so if people Um, want to find you on Instagram oh yeah sorry I think we're we're studying yeah so if you find it yeah so it's uh it's actually the quarter the Canadian Quarter Horse Association so they are directly associated with AQHA so all of the videos are being posted uh to the Facebook and the Instagram so it's Q or sorry, C-A-Q-H-A um, at, uh, I'm trying to remember the handles right off the top, but on Facebook, search the Canadian Quarter Horse Association okay. or on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, my personal pages on Instagram is uh, Betsy Shugs. That was my, my good horse. I just retired and find me on Facebook, uh, Betsy Mack. And we, we also do have a Facebook group. So my other half, Blake Fonda and I, so it's uh, Stacking the Deck with Betsy and Blake. And we just try and share little snippets, training tools. It's also a place for anyone if they want to just share their successes or share their video um i have a pole bending series i just did a fridge tour like we, we just bring you little snippets of our life and how we've tried to you know be horse people and make make life work that's so. awesome cool i'll um i'll definitely add the links to the show notes okay. here for you and great thank find you find more and follow you on facebook and instagram and see your yoga stuff for the canadian quarter yes, thank you I'll, I'll be there so I guess this is a wrap. I just wanted yes. to thank I just want to thank you again for joining me and talking about this. And it's been actually like so informative and awesome to hear love like it. I love we're on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me, Shelby. Yeah. From one yogi to another, which I've actually never seen that turn, but I feel like it's deserved now. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I love that you're coming on and sharing the benefits as well, because mm-hmm. trying to get as many people to see the light and mm-hmm. it's not, not just for, you know, people that work out. Like there's people, honestly, that come to my studio. I think some of them are in their eighties. There's like 60, 70, 80 year olds. And sometimes I'm looking at them like one day I will be as good as you. And I know yoga has played a role in that longevity. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't say enough about it. And a lot of men too. If there's any men listening, yoga is not just for women. <laughs> no discrimination. Half the classes, half the classes are men. Yeah. And they can get just as much benefit um, as any woman in there. No shame, yeah. everyone. Give it a try. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, this has been fun. And uh, thank you again for joining. Yeah, you're welcome. Yay! This was so fun, and I thank Betsy again so much for talking to me and giving me her little bits of wisdom. Hopefully you guys found some beneficial content in this that you can hopefully apply to your real life. If you liked it, please subscribe, get more, see more, be here. There will be more coming up, so if you subscribe, you will never miss anything. I plan on doing a lot more of these lovely interviews with lovely people, and all for you. So again, subscribe if you like it, and we'll talk soon, guys. Bye for now.